everybody, this is B, And this is Leslie. And you're listening to Getting Shitfaced, a podcast where two friends across the country from each other get together over drinks and talk about our favorite show, Shit's Creek. This week, we're recapping the season five episodes, The Croning, Love Letters, and The Plant. Leslie, I'm going to, I'm going to delineate two parts of our quarantine life, and we're going to talk about the bad stuff first. Okay. So how's life? <laughs> uh, I think this might have been the longest week this year, somehow. <laughs> but March was like four years long, so that's kind of a real long week. <laughs> I know, it's rough. Um, obviously, there has been, you know, not great news this week. Mm-hmm. It's been a, been a rough one, but we're still here. Yeah. We're, we're getting through, doing our best. Yeah. This week has been definitely high and low. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely some not great lows, um, but I've been trying to be positive, not positive, proactive. Yeah. So I did my first volunteer shift this week. Nice. Uh, for a political campaign. And so I feel like I at least, I got something to do. Right. Yeah. I definitely feel like between obviously rbg and mm-hmm. also now the news of the lack of justice on the brianna taylor front um definitely letting this sort of you know really galvanize people into action it's really how i'm trying to to look at it for myself too so yeah you know put your dollars to work put your volunteer mm-hmm. hours to work do what you can and register to vote please. and i will say please register to vote but also check your registration Mm -hmm. make sure that you have not been taken off the voter rolls or anything like that and you can do that at iwillvote.com yep there's about a million sites where you can do it now but that's a good one that's a good one because you can do registration check your you can make a plan there and they also um, have a voter protection line through that website through the democratic party so that if you have any troubles voting Mm -hmm. you need to know that number yeah, that's a really good one. And then I would also encourage um, making sure you know what's on your upcoming ballot. And vote411.org is a really good one for that. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you what is on a sample ballot for your particular area. So you can see kind of what's on your state ballot. Because, um, you know, obviously there's a lot more than just a presidential election this year. Mm-hmm. And political change really does start locally. So know what's on your ballot and vote, vote, vote. Yes. This week we are getting shit-faced and getting knowledgeable. (laughs) But I hear there was a lovely thing that happened this week. Like you said, highest of highs, lowest of lows. lows. (laughs) That was some high. That was like a fever dream for like an hour. Truly, truly. I actually didn't have to put on my weighted blanket for one night. It was nice. (laughs) It was weird. Uh, in case you're listening to this much later, um, the Emmys were this week, and Schitt's Creek took home nine out of 15. It's pretty good, Cons- especially since the max they could get in the first place was 13, since they were double nominated in some categories. Ah, uh, that was so fun. <laughs> to definitely. Watch. It, was, it was definitely what we needed at this point in the year. It just kept sitting there being like, well, they won't win that one. <laughs> like, we can't win everything, right? <laughs> yes. And I, the three, the three that I wanted to happen were the first three. So I wanted mm. Catherine, Eugene to win, obviously. And then I wanted Dan to win for writing. For I was writing, like, yeah. 
that's like the big one to me. And I think if you actually got him to answer this selfishly, he would probably have said that one too. Um, so when those three happened, I was like, well, now I'm good. And then they just kept winning. They just kept going. <laughs> it was so nice that they all got to be together for it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really good to, to see just how shocked they were for it too. Right. Um, it was really a lovely thing. I do kind of wish it had been spread out more throughout the program so that we didn't have to just like have it all back to back in one go. Um, but it did, I'm sure, make it nice on their part in that oh, yeah. as soon as their categories were done, they could actually get to the celebrating and not have to right. worry about being seen on TV anymore. <laughs> I love the, um, there was this very random interview with Catherine and Annie and Noah last night. It was a happy hour. Uh, but Catherine mentioned that <laughs> They didn't realize till after it was over and Noah told them, you know, nobody else has won this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was fun. But it was just lovely to see, like, just in terms of people I love, like, Mm -hmm. together and getting to hug and celebrate. But, like, it was very, like, nostalgic as a human being to, like, see people celebrating together. Yeah. Um, So I'm glad they got to do it. And then it was very funny because it, like, did feel like the Emmys yeah. during their part. And then it went to like Zoom land <laughs> the rest of the time. I, I do have to give it to the Emmys. I do like that the way they did it was that they sent oh, yeah. actual cameras to people's homes and they sent Emmys out to people's homes so that they could potentially yeah. you know, have a statue in their hands. Like I think in terms of how you handle something like this, it was a really good take on, yeah. on how to make it work. I think it was the best they could have done. Yeah. It would be nice if they had sent a few more Emmys to Canada, since obviously there were several more that they needed. (laughs) I get it. I like how they're like, you just get three. We're not giving you the whole (laughs) shebang of them. Um, Yeah, they did such a good... I think they did such a good job for such a bizarre time. Yeah. It was definitely an interesting year, but it was a good time. It was a good time. And if you have not watched it, you should definitely watch it. If only... To literally watch Dan Levy lose his shit in the background of every person winning. <laughs> he was so excited for his entire cast and crew. He was. I, I love it so much. It was the funniest, like, hap- like the happy funniest thing in the background <laughs> of him just, like, being so excited for everyone. Yeah. So, And also watching all of them absolutely lose it for Annie in oh, particular. Yeah. Because yes. I, I think that they're right. Like, she is by far sort of the most underrated of the main mm-hmm. four. Um, she is the only one who was not considered a frontrunner for her category right. uh, going into that night. So, like deservedly so that they all lost their fucking minds whenever she won and i love that for her so much she is hilarious she deserves it so much she's so good and i i think that i think that dan is right about when he was talking about it like she makes it look so easy that she gets underrated Um, right well and people probably assume that she just kind of is a little bit Mm -hmm. alexis ha 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 um and that (laughs) so therefore that is why it looks so effortless that that's just sort of her personality but it's really not if you watch her in any sort of interview she is very much not alexis yeah i can't wait for her new show to come out yes and kind of see how different yes she'll play that so i'm very excited for kevin can fuck himself (laughs) yep both for Annie and just general concept. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if Annie can only do shows now where you can't say them on TV. I know, right? <laughs> anyway. I guess we should talk about this show. 
this Emmy winning show. <laughs> so glad for them that they can finally say that. <laughs> I know. So season five kicks off with everyone out having adventures of some sort. Moira is filming a movie. David and Patrick are joining Alexis and Ted on a ropes course date. Except for Johnny, who is stuck at home missing his wife. When Moira returns, she's haunted by both a lack of sleep and some old love letters, while Alexis has her own issues after giving away a gift from Ted. On the job front, Rose Apothecary experiences a robbery, and Stevie gets drawn into posing as a motel guest to help promote the Rosebud on a travel blog. And finally, Patrick tells David it's time for them to look for an apartment, though there's some confusion over what exactly that means. And this week, there were a few contenders for the drink of the week, um, but... Uh, I didn't want to drink whiskey, so <laughs> sorry, the crow, you're out. Um, <laughs> we are drinking the holdup, and it's actually called the East 8 holdup. Uh, the person who created it <laughs> lived in an area of town that got held up a lot. Uh, but it is actually made with vodka, Aperol, pineapple juice, lime juice, simple syrup, and passion fruit, and it is good <laughs> it is very good i will definitely be making more of these yes um full disclosure we tried to uh record this podcast yesterday mm -hmm. and we had technological issues which <laughs> only means i mean we had just failure full failure yeah full failure um but it meant that we got to drink it twice no um, it was not sad about that part no um <laughs> And uh, it's really good. And then if you don't have pineapple juice, a substitute, because I'm actually allergic to pineapple, is I did it with, with orange juice, fresh squeezed mm. orange juice. It is also really good that way. So join us. Let's dive into the Crowanane. And this cold open, what a way to start a season. I love this season. I love this season too. This is definitely... For whatever reason, this one in particular really holds like a special place in my heart. <laughs> There's some really good stuff in this season. Mm -hmm. I think it's because for me, it, I watched part of it live. Mm -hmm. So um, it's like it's like the first season, even though right. I had seen all the other seasons right. beforehand. But like getting to watch it in real time. Although I actually uh, caught up with the show just in time for Dan Levy to say they were... <laughs> not making any more <laughs> literally went to like search the show and it was like the day after he was wow. like yeah on the internet so <laughs> but this episode and especially the cold open <laughs> i don't know why this is one of my favorite cold opens it's it just it, is it's so good though i love them <laughs> I trying on the wigs yes <laughs> i it's not even like what's happening in the forefront it's what's happening in the background mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. so funny and they're just so ridiculous <laughs> i just love it but mm -hmm. i love little things like i love because at this point you're like stevie's like she's not my mother and you're kind of like yeah she is <laughs> <laughs> right yeah you're one of the kids at this point stevie yeah and uh we have a great cameo by lucky <laughs> who mm -hmm. um doing the makeup for Moira in the movie um, and just them being goofy in the background is so cute. Yep. Yep. Just like getting into Moira's shit while she's gone because <laughs> yeah. there's no way that they ever could while she's around. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. 
But Moira is off filming a movie. She somehow, in between seasons, however much time has passed here, has gotten an offer and accepted and flown off to Bosnia to film The Crows Have Eyes 3. Three. Not two. Not two. Because some people get confused about that. This is the third. Correct. They filmed the second one without her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now here she is, Dr. Clara Beatrice Mandrake in The Crows Have Eyes 3. And she is trying to make the best of it. It is not a great film. We can tell. But she is doing her best. She has all the optimism in the world that this is going to be a great film. Like, she wants this to be her big break back into the world of movies. She's going to make it happen. (laughs) She is, one way or another. She's treating it seriously, just like she tells Mm -hmm. Blair. Like... If you treat the material as something serious and give it the respect that it deserves. And obviously, you know, this concept may not deserve a lot of respect, but she she's going to put her all into it. And you can you can really see how she was successful mm-hmm. at her job as Vivian Blake for so long, because she does take whatever pride she can in these ridiculous roles. Yeah. And she she just believes it. Like, I feel like. <laughs> Moira like manifests this movie into what it becomes because yeah she, absolutely she believes in what it is she believes if they work hard at it it will be successful and she's gonna make it happen so she's gonna take charge if she has to like she has that moment of doubt before she talks to Johnny but like right she's going to make this her break because she <laughs> she has to basically <laughs> Yeah, she wants to get the fuck out of Shit's Creek. Right. This is the only opportunity that has really come along. And so she's she's gonna make the best of it. Yeah, she even says opportunities come along so infrequently you have to you have to. Yeah. Um and so I think that what happens in season six is a direct result of how she behaves here. For sure. And she at least gets Blair to maybe not put forth the most effort, but at least <laughs> Do something. He put some extra birds in for her, if nothing else. <laughs> he clearly at least read her script revisions, you know? she yep. he, He's on board with her having done this work, at least. Yeah. And we see, like, at the end of the episode, and then we see later on in the trailer, like, it's not super campy. Like, it looks like a real movie. <laughs> so... Right. Th- that end scene, though, of her... Oh, man. ...in the nest... How did Catherine not win a goddamn Emmy for this last year? I mean, Catherine is always great, but like this season, I feel like is even more. Yeah. Her yeah. season. Moira definitely comes into her own in Shit's Creek in season five. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes I feel like they were like, well, Fleabag has to win it this year, but we're going <laughs> to let you win next year for both seasons. <laughs> I mean, you know, people are supposed to only vote on what they're given, but I do think that there is some sentiment of they should have won before, and therefore that is part of... But obviously, like, season six as a season is very good. Very good. I mean, they would not be... They would not have won all those awards if the season six had not been as good as it is, but I even felt like last year Mm -hmm. there was a sense of, you're next. Fleabag was just that good. Um, Fleabag was that good. To be honest. It was that good. <laughs> so, but yes, this is this should have won an Emmy. But I just remember watching it the first, even like one or two or three times, like being like, 
this is kind of funny. And then somehow it gets funnier <laughs> the more you watch it. And then you realize the weirdo voice she's making. And <laughs> then you really get in on the nose and the whole, it just becomes funnier and funnier every time you watch that. I do think it gets funnier every time you watch it, but like Catherine is such a brilliant actress and is so committed to how seriously Moira mm-hmm. is taking this yes. utterly ridiculous look and scenario that it just works so well. Yeah, you, you have to factor that into it of like her being so serious about the role. Yeah. And holds that up the whole rest of the series of the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that this is a clear, serious acting role. Um, mm-hmm. But it gets her in the end where she wants to go. So. Yeah. Meanwhile, poor sad Johnny. <laughs> poor sad Johnny at home missing his wife. Because they've never been apart more than eight days in their entire nearly possibly 40-year marriage. That's a whole other timeline issue. (laughs) How long have they been married? Um, But yes, throughout their very long relationship, they have not been apart this long before. No. He doesn't quite know what to do with himself, which is very sweet. It's very sweet. And all he can think to do... Is clean out the gutters. <laughs> the gutters, the shed. Just keep yourself busy. Yeah. Poor Johnny and his sad work shirt and his even sadder takeout soup. <laughs> his bag of soup. His oh. bag of soup. <laughs> That's one of the dumbest things of the show that I love so much. <laughs> This incredibly sad bag of soup is just such a good physical representation of right. Johnny's sort of sad state. <laughs> and his straw that goes along with his it. straw. <laughs> anyway, he's he's a little sad. He's doing all the jobs around the motel. I do like that it gives us this chance for to see that Roland does kind of do his job and take a little mm-hmm. bit of pride in it at this point. Yeah. He's getting there, you know. Uh, he's upset that Johnny is stealing all his things to Johnny could clean the bathrooms if he wants right uh but he he does actually want to earn his paycheck to some degree (laughs) yeah he wants to at least do the good jobs but right uh yeah but poor Johnny I love that moment when he's talking to Moira and he does he like kind of helps her think through what she should do next and she's like oh John I'd be lost without you and he's like me too yeah (laughs) me too it's something we've definitely talked about a lot uh, with the show and how strong their relationship is and how they don't make them into that stereotypical sitcom couple. And Right. They just have these lovely moments like this where you see just how much they really do love and support one another. Yeah, I would say, like, we do always talk about, like, the younger romances of the show, but this is the, like, steady mm-hmm. steering. And we see it in the next episode as well. So Yep, yep. Speaking of relationships, there's one that might need a generator. <laughs> Maybe. Uncertain. Maybe. <laughs> Major Lady Magazine says that they need a generator. <laughs> oh, poor David. <laughs> <laughs> I love that there is a running theme in this season, though, of Alexis riling people up about their relationships. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> She knows exactly what buttons to push. Oh, yeah. But David has taken a quiz, as we all have done at some point in our lives. 
says that he and Patrick need a generator in their relationship. And he's worried that it's not exciting anymore. (laughs) As if it could be anything but. (laughs) He lets Alexis talk him into being worried about it. Because he isn't really worried about it. No, I mean, he had it. He hid the magazine, but he's not like doing anything till she brings it up. (laughs) Right, right. And now he finds out that she and Ted are going on adventure dates and decides that maybe he and Patrick should join her for an afternoon of park time. (laughs) Park time. I agree with David, though, that adventure dates kind of sound like something you've been assigned homework in therapy. (laughs) But again, the show is like on the surface hilarious, but delve into it a little bit. And like, it's so interesting that this this kind of begins something that goes through the whole season of Mm -hmm. like David's never been here. Right. in a relationship before he doesn't know like he's always either been left or in a weird way or find found out he's not in the relationship he thought he was and so mm-hmm. this is a new territory for him mm-hmm. and so he has all these insecurities of like will patrick get bored of him but i also love that we see this here we see this and we'll talk about this later is like david never questions that he wants to be here Right. He definitely sees a future for them. Mm-hmm. He just, it's all new to him. And so navigating yeah. it and how to get to that future is is a new process. And he's still sort of feeling his way through it. Yeah. And he's like trying to face all these issues and fears. and But mm-hmm. it's very interesting to me because I think a lot of shows would be like, oh, I don't know if I'm here. I don't know if I want that. But right. like David right. is always in this. Yes, he is in this. He is. I think this is a particularly brave season for David. Mm-hmm. That last season was sort of about him and Patrick finding their footing together and really becoming a couple. And this season is both of them, I think, putting themselves mm-hmm. out there more in that scary way when you can be vulnerable with someone. Right. And, and, Figuring out that they still have each other's back. Right. Can I tell you what else I like about David and Patrick in this episode? Sure. Is that, so David is like, oh, we need to be more exciting. Kind of like more of like, I need to keep Patrick around. So I got to be more (laughs) exciting. And he's like willing to do what he wants, you know, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. But Patrick doesn't really need that. And I kind of like, Patrick and David are not exciting people. (laughs) No, they're actually pretty boring. They run their little store. (laughs) They run their little store. They watch their little movies. Patrick plays baseball. (laughs) And they go sit on their couch. And isn't that sound lovely? (laughs) Right? That sounds very cute. I am very here for this for both of them. Yes. I don't think we need to have this big, exciting life. And then David finally, at the end of season six, is like, no, we def- we just want this house in the country right. and live our little life. And that makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that that plays into some of what we were just talking about with David's insecurities, that he's never had a relationship sort of this boring before. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's probably had to you know shell out money and like take people to exciting places and be an exciting person to keep people's interest and he doesn't quite know what to do with an ordinary relationship it's what he wants clearly yeah 
but he doesn't know if that's enough. He's used to being stuck in the parasail up in the air. Mm -hmm. When really all he needs to do is just like do inventory with Patrick in that store. And I love, I love that they come to that conclusion because I think a lot of us, I think as we grow up, Mm -hmm. we think we have to have this big, exciting life. And sometimes in the end, we're just like, no, I don't. I just want my little space of the world and someone to share it with. And I think I love that that's where they land. I think it's a strong start to the season. It is a strong start to the season. And now we move into love letters uh, where some of our couples, not David and Patrick necessarily, are having some other relationship issues. (laughs) Oh, Moira and Johnny. (laughs) I love Moira coming home from Bosnia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just bursting in in the middle of the night, <laughs> expecting this grand welcome, mm-hmm. hopped up on Bosnian uppers. Just what an entrance. <laughs> oh, I love her so much. Again, another scene where you're like, earned that in me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that she responds in such a like exuberant way and they respond in such a rose way <laughs> uh-huh like it is the middle of the night i'm going back to sleep leave me yes. the hell alone <laughs> but she finds these old love letters and has to tell everyone about them <laughs> literally everyone <laughs> i feel like sometimes you do that in your life I also feel like sometimes, like, I feel like she's worried about these things, but she's not worried, worried about these things. <laughs> um, and so when those kind of thing happened, you then were like, you need people to validate you. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, see this thing. Um, but Moira does that while on no sleep and still coming off Bosnian uppers. <laughs> and uh, tell him the whole town about what John John's been up to. <laughs> yeah. Including Alexis, who is not so thrilled <laughs> to no, be no. part of this story. Those poor kids get a lot of <laughs> like facts about their parents <laughs> that they don't necessarily want. <laughs> I think that's fair. We uh, we see that Moira goes and finds literally the only other sleep-deprived person to confide in. <laughs> she does. Jocelyn doesn't have the most patience for it either, but (laughs) she does commiserate with her a little bit. You know, she used to find Roland's ex-girlfriend's bras, apparently. And uh, she burned them, except if they fit, because a lady knows if you find one that fits, you keep it. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I do love, though, that both in this episode and the next, we see that... Moira is trying to sort of keep this Bosnian experience mm-hmm. alive in that she's got these like vocabulary pieces that she's taken and she's got stories that she wants to tell and she's ordering a kifla and she yeah. she just has these pieces of that experience that she's trying to hold on to for one I'm sure because she this was her her one shot at getting right. out of town and she just kind of wants to hold on to that a little longer um, but I think it does also really reflect how Moira got to be the person that she is. If you've heard Catherine talk about 
the development of like Moira's speech patterns and accent mm-hmm. and all of that. Uh, she refers to it as Moira having kept these oral mementos of her world travels. Right. And this is where you like see that in action that she, she's trying to make these a part of her, who she is every day. Right. And while she might not ultimately keep all of this vocabulary at some point, like some of it does sort of become a normal part of who she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From songs <laughs> <laughs> love so- Bosnian love songs uh, to cuisine. Like, it makes her seem exotic, but I also think you're that Catherine, I mean, obvious, obviously Catherine is right, <laughs> whatever she says, um, but that it becomes like these mementos because she is someone from a small town. And I think that that is very indicative of someone from a small town. And I say that mm-hmm. as someone not necessarily from a very small town, but from a more small town in the Midwest uh-huh. is like one of the first things you do when you get to go out in the world is like, I'm going to adopt some of this. Yeah. Better. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when my sister, my younger sister went on her uh, senior trip. We were living in the Midwest at the time, very small town life. uh, And she went on her senior high school class trip to Paris and London and Rome um, back in those days when we could travel internationally. <laughs> and she came home and it was like, I only eat gelato now. I don't like oh, regular yeah. ice cream. And like that's sort of weirdly pretentious stuff that teenagers do, of course. But it was exactly that, where like she had gone out into the world mm-hmm. and experienced new things and wanted to to bring that back as a part of who she was now. Yeah. And I think if we can delve into this of like someone from the midwest i have diff- i have gone out and moved into different places in the world and like have different speech patterns just uh-huh. naturally either because i've moved to a different area but also i remember very clearly being in college and people making fun of how i said italian because that's what you say <laughs> in the midwest yeah. yeah and it's italian and i don't say it anymore um, right. so i think we all do those things Absolutely. moira just takes it to the <laughs> zillionth degree <laughs> She um, does, yeah. And she's also more traveled than most of us. Right, right. <laughs> including Bosnia. Um, so it's, I love that there, there is this like little rooted truth to that. Too, mm-hmm. though, so. Absolutely. Meanwhile, there is crime in Schitt's Creek. Of all the stores that like you could potentially hit up in Schitt's Creek, they, they came to the right one. This is the one that I would think would have a little the more money. cash than some of the others. <laughs> Sadly for the robber, they have zero cash. <laughs> so, yeah. They've been robbed, potentially. He potentially had a gun or didn't. And they ask, did I do something wrong? No. No! no! <laughs> they did not do anything wrong. Your merchandise and all of that is not your priority. Your life right. is. You don't know if he actually has a gun. You don't question any of that. You're panicking right. in the moment. You just give him what the fuck he wants and get him out of your store. Right. This is literally, I have worked in college in retail several times. That is what they teach you. No matter right. what, you just give them the what they want. Right. Whether it's money or whatever, just give it to right. them and make them leave. Right. Also, what were they supposed, like, he looks like he has a gun at the beginning. Right. They don't know. Clearly later on, he seems to not have a gun. But what were they supposed to do at that point? Chase him down the street? <laughs> right. Oh. Be like, oh, actually, can you show me that gun before I hand you these bags? Right. 
I get I get Patrick's frustration. It is like from a business perspective, I can I can get the sort of initial frustration right. of like, Ugh, you just gave away our shit to someone who wasn't actually capable of doing anything. But they don't explain it that well either to them. But right, <laughs> and I get Patrick. I don't get the police officers because he should have just taken it down. And also, who when there is a person in a mask would know what the person looks like? <laughs> right. Oh. But yeah. I think it, I think it's more that Stevie and David don't do a very good job of telling the story to mm-hmm. Patrick or the police officer. Um, but yeah, like they definitely did the right thing. And, you know, now they're going to install some cameras and it'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like later I feel like this little tidbit in my brain of this story is that later on, David explains this better. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once because he's calmed we... down. Once he's calmed down, he explains it's better because we see in a future episode that there has been cameras installed in the store. Um, right. So it's, it's taken more seriously. And I think some people get like kind of pissed at Patrick in this episode mm-hmm. of like, he's being mean to David and Stevie. And <laughs> I don't try to read too much into that. <laughs> yeah. From his perspective, they aren't telling the story very well. And no. it is sort of just like they handed someone some stuff and then pretended that they were robbed. I could see how, you know, he would right. be sort of annoyed by that. Yeah. I also feel like this is a storyline where it's like, you're supposed to actually take this on face value as funny. Right. <laughs> right. It's not that deep. <laughs> yeah. This one's not that deep. Um, we do read into a lot of, a lot of the show, but I feel like this one's just kind of supposed to be like goofy. Right. They needed something to do in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and they needed the cameras for later in the season. <laughs> yeah. See, they're always, always thinking on this show. But yeah, I get more mad at the police officer of being like, you still have to take that down. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's about as crime ridden as this town gets the whole yeah. series. Yeah. A little shoplifting, a little robbery. <laughs> in other relationship troubles, we've got. <laughs> Alexis and Ted's everybody's troubles are pretty minor to be honest you know (laughs) but Alexis and Ted Ted uh has noticed that Alexis never wears the locket that he gave her and Alexis has to seek it out because she has given it away (laughs) she has given it away uh as potentially she is either lost got rid of or gave away all the other things that ted has given her except for the (laughs) the blank book yes (laughs) Um, my sad moment the the womp womp moment of this episode (laughs) for me (laughs) is where she's talking about all the things that she had that she no longer has and like is trying to lead him into saying what it is and she's like a ring (laughs) i want to be like Alexis, too soon. Too soon on that one. Which makes me wonder what happened to the ring. But really, it's a locket. It is a locket, which now contains a picture of Twyla and her mother. Twyla and her mother, and Alexis must get... At least she remembered kind of where it was. True. True. Vaguely. Um, but has to go to Twyla to kind of somehow get it back in a swap. Yeah, they're going to swap for it. And Twyla has some real treasures that she's going to give Alexis in return. Medical bracelets. Dog tags. A whistle. A whistle. That could come in handy in the crime-ridden town of Shakespeare. 
yeah, she's she's gonna trade Twyla for it. And this is one of those scenes where you get that you know, the roses sometimes act like Twyla is sweet and simple, but she <laughs> is not dumb. No. Although that Twyla, she's sitting on some cash right now. She could buy her own tiara. Why do that when Alexis you can get your friend Alexis to give you one? <laughs> <laughs> and a bracelet. <laughs> All kinds of things. Um, I love Twyla decked out in that last oh, scene yeah. where she's got just all of it on. <laughs> While working. It just oh. like she wonder I feel like this scene informs me that later on, past the time we see of the show, like Twyla comes to work at the cafe in like full length ball gowns. <laughs> <laughs> that closing scene is so funny with David is so clearly just absolutely delighted at yes. the start of it. <laughs> That Alexis has had to give up all of her jewelry to Twyla and has gotten mm-hmm. nothing in return for it. Except a whistle. I do wonder if she ever got her stuff back too. <laughs> no, now Twyla has great accessories to wear with all those great right. dresses. Yeah. <laughs> but she shows to Ted that she, she has the locket again. and It's not quite exactly what ted was looking for but <laughs> they agree to to sort of lock up their their past mishaps yeah and mistakes with one another and, and move on which is a very adult way to handle it mm-hmm. yeah they're moving forward in life so that's a cute little episode it is a cute little episode another david west reed mm-hmm. david west reed oh sad emmy loser david west <laughs> hey no he is actually an emmy winner though as well because he is one of the producers who gets one of the trophies I for know. them winning best comedy but <laughs> he did not win for writing but only because his co-worker won so <laughs> right should be nice to him <laughs> um i'm sad we didn't get david west reed in a tux but that's just me i know <laughs> anyway Moving on to the plant. <laughs> the plant. I love and hate this episode. <laughs> I would like to talk about the thing I hate first, even though you have it third. You can do whatever you want. On the list. <laughs> and that is the main storyline of this story. <laughs> Fuck a mirror. <laughs> Fuck a mirror. Also, I mean, like, we don't quite know. Spoiler, we're saying fuck a mirror. But, like, this guy shows up <laughs> this fucking guy uh, first of all alexis is doing a good job we gotta get there yeah she's getting impressed for them and in those sort of s- small like grassroots almost mm-hmm. sorts of ways you know she's not yeah. going big she's going with something on their level and getting travel bloggers to write about them right so she is doing she's just like just those little things alexis can do mm-hmm. uh but it gets them uh, a travel blogger who they decide they need to have a plant to make it look like they're an even better motel. Right. Enter fucking Amir. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I think I hate most about Amir is that he starts off being actually a pretty decent match I for know. Stevie. He, he's got a similar sense of humor. Like he, he gets what she's putting down like immediately. Right. Um, you know, when she makes her joke about having been in prison and everything, like he is very quick on the take and jokes back with her appropriately. And like, he is a decent match for her. He just doesn't turn out to be a very good guy. Yeah. So like this, if you're watching this for the first time, you're like, oh, this is great. Which makes what happens later even more annoying. But uh-huh. 
Um, but I do love that they're like, again, picking up a little bit on a Rose video <laughs> business tactic <laughs> and going to have uh, Stevie. Stevie, not the greatest actor <laughs> to be the plant. Yeah. yeah. It's a good thing that Moira does not see this uh, performance, <laughs> let's call it. Because uh, she probably would have hesitated a little more to cast her in camera. <laughs> Frankly, I feel like they missed an opportunity to have Alexis be the plant. Because she clearly would be an amazing actress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> she's gotten out of all these life problems. Um, she would sell it. Um, not a single one of the other ones of them could do this. <laughs> it also would be very funny to see Alexis having to sell the fact that she loves being at this motel. <laughs> I guess that is where Stevie does have an in. <laughs> she looks like she belongs there a little more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she does work a little bit of magic and gets them a good review. She does. Her honesty does not drive Amir away in this no. instance. And Johnny and Roland do a good enough job <laughs> that they get... They're moving up. They're moving up in the motel world. You know, it was probably the doggy bag of pot roast that Roland oh, yeah. left on his pillow. <laughs> That's probably what did it. I mean, I would be for that too, but what else is happening? <laughs> well, Jocelyn can't make it to Jazzagal's rehearsal. And the Jazzagals are, you know, trying to, to let her know that that's okay. That it, it, if she's got to miss stuff because she's got a baby, it's fine. And they're they're trying to make her feel better about this situation, but they're not really hearing her. <laughs> yeah. They are trying to be supportive and missing what they need to be supportive about. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And I think we all do that sometimes, right? We have a friend that, you know, needs some help or whatever, and we're just trying our best to do what we think they need without really asking them what they actually need. And that's really right. what's happening here is they're just missing the mark with her. Um, yeah because she really just she wants to feel included and while they're trying to make it be like it's okay if you have to miss stuff what she really wants is to not have to miss stuff <laughs> right yeah she wants them to change the time of Jessica's rehearsal for her just like they do for ronnie but they think they need to just let her completely off the hook right she gets her chance to vent though nobody ever said jocelyn was not honest <laughs> yeah yeah meanwhile Patrick and David are just all snuggled up. <laughs> Cozy in bed. Cozy in bed. And then here comes Ray. <laughs> oh, Ray. He just ruins it. I love, like, there's just, I just love there's just little snuggles. <laughs> it's very sweet. But then, I love Ray. I love Ray I so love much. Ray. I love Ray's house. <laughs> He just, he's so excited and is just trying so hard to be like a good host and to mm -hmm. make people happy. And he just doesn't quite have the boundaries that they need him to have. But he's trying so hard to, you know, include them. Yep. I love that. He is a good person to rent from if you don't care about him opening your door constantly. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, there's been some mishaps. <laughs> And yet Ray still keeps, keeps doing it. <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like that I have been deprived of seeing David Rose see that room for the first time. 
because Patrick's room at Ray's is a gem <laughs> of a room. It is uh, quite a look. There's some wallpaper. There's a kind of scary bird. <laughs> it's just... I love the, the like juxtaposition of David Rose in that room. <laughs> uh-huh. But they need to look for an apartment. Yes, we need to look for an apartment. And David is surprised, but not unhappy about this turn of events. Yeah, David is here for it. He's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and not just because he doesn't have to live with Alexis anymore. <laughs> right. He just is so in it. <laughs> he is. He sees this future for them and is ready to, to take whatever next steps to move toward that. Yeah. And I think that people people get kind of hung up on Patrick in this episode. A, he did, you need to learn your royal wheeze. <laughs> right. <laughs> Be a little clearer. <laughs> but I don't think that da- Patrick is necessarily too far off the mark with David. Like, he's not necessarily in this place, and we can talk about why he's not there, but... Like, when they go to see the apartment, he's like, I thought I was only going to be here for a little bit, and now here we are. Like, he's very much in this. He just Uh maybe isn't quite to the point that David is. Well, and also, I think that, obviously, there's an argument to be made about the fact that Patrick is not out to his parents yet. Mm -hmm. And therefore having your boyfriend live with you would present some tricky situations for that. So there's certainly stuff to be discussed there. But I think even barring that, knowing that Patrick had spent so many years in relationships with Rachel, it's quite possible he's never really lived on his own for very long. Um, You know, he's probably lived with Rachel. He's maybe lived with friends in college or something like we don't know necessarily, but this may be the first time that he really gets the chance to have his own place. Um, and that yeah. is something that, you know, a lot of people want to experience for themselves, even if they are in, you know, stable, loving relationships. Yeah. And I think we see over the course of the series, but definitely in the season, like Patrick, be- it comes into his own in a lot uh-huh. of ways in this season. And like, I think this is part, like he needed this part of it yeah. too. Um, but I do think thinking, I think people, if you think about this on the surface of like, well, Patrick's kind of a dick because <laughs> he <laughs> said that but if you think about the other reasons why it's like of course this makes sense that they wouldn't mm-hmm. just jump right into it but it's very sweet and exciting that david is ready for that he is and patrick i think is surprised to see just how mm-hmm. ready he is yeah i think another thing is that we might not think of when you first think of this episode is that maybe patrick wasn't even thinking david would be there right for that he could say we should look for an apartment because he never thought David was going to be like, let's do it. <laughs> like, assuming that included him, yeah. And we, d- again, don't necessarily know exactly how long this has been since singles week or whatever. Uh, eight months, Leslie. Eight <laughs> maybe, months maybe not. But obviously, there is. Th- he saw David's hesitation to make that kind of step then. And so it would make sense that he would be uncertain how further suggestions of that sort might go yeah i feel like a lot of it is that up into singles week up until saying i love you david was very hesitant and it's like that hit and then that was david wasn't there like david was Mm -hmm. there from that moment on and like patrick kind of has to catch up that david is ready 
Yeah, he's not used to seeing that side of him necessarily, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I do want to talk about one annoying thing about this is that this empty apartment just showcases so much about how apparently Patrick did some construction on his apartment in season six. I do love the framed out kitchen in season six, though. (laughs) I do, too. It looks great, but I'm always like, they they don't own this place. How'd this happen? <laughs> Listen, we've we've all made some adjustments to our apartments that we okay. just <laughs> pretend are fine. <laughs> okay. That is fine. And I'm here for all of this, except he didn't take a fucking magic eraser to his wall and <laughs> yeah, get that true. big box off. But he built a whole wall. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. What would you say is your favorite of these three episodes? I don't know. I like I like the plant. But I like the croning. So I think I'm going to say that one, but it's close. They're very close, but yeah, I think the croning comes out ahead for me. I think a mirror ruins. <laughs> <laughs> Without a mirror, the plant would be on top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, favorite line? I have two. (laughs) I actually have three, but Leslie made me give her one. (laughs) You can't have mine. (laughs) Okay, I have like my funny one and my heartfelt one, okay? (laughs) Girl can only do so much. Uh, My favorite funny line is, (laughs) did you plug your hairdryer in with wet hands again? (laughs) Okay, that happened twice, David. Let it go. Because I can see it in my head every time. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like there is a kind of throwaway line in the plant that comes back. Yeah, it's a little foreshadowing. It's a little <laughs> foreshadowing. And when they're talking about the apartment and does David like it and he doesn't like it. And he says to Patrick, "If I've, it's just that if I've learned anything from House Hunters, you always have to see the loft space the charming English cottage and the renovated craftsmen that you don't really want to take, but the producers are going to force you to see anyways before you make a decision. And you could even say why I like it is that you could say that Patrick took the loft space Mm -hmm. first. And then the second place he lives is the charming English cottage, which is their house. Maybe when they outgrow that, they move to the renovated craftsmen. (laughs) No, they don't want to take that one. Leslie, what's your favorite? My favorite is going to be from Love Letters. And I think most of it is in the delivery, as most of the lines are. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely when David says, okay, small problem. Um, Our money isn't for sale. And I feel like you have to see his face for it to get (laughs) full effect. Yes. I feel like 90% of David's lines or even Alexis's lines, you need the face to go with it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. part of me wanted to be like, mm, eat glass was one of them. But I was like, you have right. to have that face. Yes. Yeah. Oh, fashion. We start with some real ugly. <laughs> okay. I'm going to defend the ugly. <laughs> Which we're talking about the Rick Owens hoodie that David wears in the croning. It's kind of ugly. I'm going to give you that. Yeah. But that looks literally like the most comfortable thing in the world. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. I would wear it in my house. I would not wear it out of my house. Oh, no. Because it kind of looks like you tucked it under your bra, is what I always say. (laughs) 
got stuck under your bra. I saw someone um, once describe it as elephant skin. <laughs> I think the gray color does not help. The gray color is not the pro- is the problem actually because Jonathan Van Ness has this hoodie in black mm-hmm. and it looks way better. Like he yeah, wears it all. Yeah. The- he used to wear it all the time when he would ice skate. Um, right. And- well, and David wears the not this one in particular, but other black drapey Rick Owens pieces, right. and they all look better it than looks this. So good, yeah. I always say those look so good on him, and they actually did have this the black one. But they never he never wore it. Um, but so comfy. I think the biggest problem with it is the backwards like the it's shorter in the back and longer in the uh-huh. which no person needs. <laughs> Especially someone that's just straight up and down on the back end. <laughs> As certain people are. Um <laughs> and so, but yeah. That would be can you imagine in quarantine just be cozy it up in that right now i'm here for it the other great uh outfit from the first episode is moira's crow mutation outfit (laughs) (laughs) obviously not for the fashion but just for the sheer like ridiculousness and like amazing how they just the wardrobe department and makeup department made her look part crow part yeah yeah. Just the little things like the hair that is like feathers uh-huh. and her tiny beak on her nose. Uh-huh. Yeah. Shout out definitely to hair and makeup on this mm-hmm. one because so many brilliant choices were right. made. Her little like, it kind of even looks like a jacket extension, but is a tail. Like, it's so good. But I think my favorite fashion from these three is in love letters mm-hmm. um because i i want the amiri palm trees cardigan mm-hmm. if, if yeah. dan levy wants to give that to me because i know he still owns it <laughs> i do love that cardigan yeah <laughs> when he broke that out in like the quarantine instagram videos uh-huh. i was like i want it <laughs> give it to me uh it just looks so comfy and it's a sweater that like you would wear (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah but the bigger fashion that i would never be able to pull off but Catherine does is those lace-up pants (laughs) those are really good yeah i want to know how a you get into those pants (laughs) and b how she did all that like rolling across the bed (laughs) in those pants they're so good they are excellent, and she looks killer in them, as always. Always. Always that Catherine. She can pull potentially anything off. <laughs> as yeah. we see from yeah, a really. crow costume <laughs> to <laughs> lace-up leather pants. <laughs> but you brought up something we've talked about before, mm-hmm. which was David's sweater in the plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got, like, the fringe down the sleeves of the Margiela sweater that he's wearing in the plant and how that is sort of compared to back in season three in the general store when he is wearing uh, the studded Mm -hmm. um, sweater there. And so just kind of the contrast of the hard, spiky exterior Mm -hmm. there versus the softer, touchable exterior here. Yeah. Aw, David. And he just gets cozier and cozier as they go along. He sure does. (laughs) 
Well, I guess that's the beginning of season five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next week, we'll be talking about the dress and housewarming and rock on, which is quite a, the trio of episodes, if I say so. That is a good gem of a trio of episodes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like those three quite a lot. Yeah. So we'll let you all go back to your rewatching of the Emmys 57 times. <laughs> like, not that we're doing that. But uh, be sh- sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at ShaFacePod. And if you want to find us personally, you can find me at Brandy and Indy on Twitter. And Leslie, you are Leslie the Baker. And be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps more people to find the pod. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.